Coming at you from Scratch Wolf Studio, it's that time again to rage across the internet, your very favorite Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast. I'm your host, Porter. To my left, we've got Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. And coming in from the great beyond, we have, uh, for the third time, formerly known as Lyrics, our dear friend, Travis Christopher Lyrickson. How's it going, TC? It's good to be a Chris. <laughs> everybody is. <laughs> That's... Oh, boy, I didn't see that coming. I wish you would have warned me. <laughs> That's why I didn't. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, great to have you back. It's, it's been too long. <laughs> it, it is good to be back. I'm glad my schedule lined up. Right. Yeah, you and us both. Yeah, we, we had all these plans, and then like everyone's schedules fell apart immediately. It's like, immediately. Oh. I think your last episode, we were like, just wait a second, he's going to be right back. <laughs> yeah, we said it. Like two months later, shit. Good to have you here. <laughs> it has been that long. Yeah, right? Yeah, scheduling sucks, man. That's what happens. It's hard enough to get me and Porter together one time <laughs> right? Or per week. But hey, we're here, we're making it happen, and we're going to have a good time. Yes. I, I have that feeling. Well, considering they're a pre-show thing, yeah, I have no no doubt <laughs> that we'll we'll have a good time here. That's ah, always a good time here. <laughs> Except that one. Ugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't even have to say which one it was. Now we're still speculate, that's the fun part. Exactly. Now I'm curious. <laughs> See? That's how that works. <laughs> so hey, before we get started, first things first, happy Halloween, everybody. Yes. So, still in the middle of October. That's right. And you know, of course, here at REI, we celebrate September 1st to uh, November 1st, so it's a little over halfway when we're recording. It's the Halloween season. Absolutely. It's, I mean, even not REI, it's the Halloween season. Damn right, you're hip to this, right, right Travis? See, I have to do yes. it now? I can still call Everywhere it. I go yeah. is skulls of dead things, and it is lovely. It really it's is. Lovely. <laughs> skulls of I, dead I, things. I think, was, I think it was like a, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I was at like the, like the dollar store getting whatever. They had those awesome spider energy drinks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were tasty enough, and I like to say that I was drinking spiders. That's fair. But, <laughs> 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 but like I'm in there, and like I'm over at their Halloween section, half of it's Christmas. Oh. And, and so I get to the register, and I'm like, uh, and they're like, is everything okay? Did, you know, they're the usual questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, except you should probably call, like, a manager or an exterminator or something, because there's a Christmas-shaped tumor in the Halloween aisle. <laughs> <laughs> you keep that shit out of here until November. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christmas-shaped We haven't tumor. even got pumpkins yet. See, there you go. You have pumpkins, you just don't have time for Christmas. You need pumpkins first. Exactly. But speaking of stores, you know we have one. Yes, we do. Like we that. have a badass store. We, we have an all-right store with some cool shit in there. Okay, fine. And like, and like sneakers, too. <laughs> sneakers? The sneakers, they're still there. We didn't... It's just so weird that they Has exist. the person ordered them? Yeah. Have they ordered them? Have they gotten them yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet, but... We're waiting. We're waiting. We're we're excitedly waiting for the arrival of the existence of RIA sneakers because that's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we just want it to happen. Yeah, it's just something we think's funny, and so so does the person who ordered them. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're all on the same page. It's great. Yeah, we know who you are now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. You can get to the store through our website, which is RageCrossTheInternet.com. 
Nothing out of you, huh? Fuck, come on, Larry. Come on. <laughs> I was just laughing. I was thinking, now we know where you are. <laughs> this is one of the curious ways to promote a shop. <laughs> hey, whatever, right? <laughs> anyway, racecrossinternet.com. Hit the forums and then get the link to the Discord. Damn right. Come hang out with us in the Discord. It's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Yep. It's it's usually pretty going on. Some sometimes you get those weird lulls. That's usually like the weekends though. Yeah, usually People weekends. Get busy. Yeah. But oh, these know. are flat sole shoes. Oh, you're looking at it. You're <laughs> looking at it right now? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I haven't I haven't looked at it in a minute. These these look like they'd be good for deadlifting. <laughs> look at that, we got an endorsement. <laughs> they'll make you run faster and they'll let you lift. Jump higher. Yep, jump higher, you can lift better somehow. <laughs> you heard her here. <laughs> Magic powers. <laughs> Hey, you know what? It's cool enough where I get to wear the hoodie now. I'm so happy. That's a cool looking hoodie. It's it's super soft. It's super comfy. Like I'm not a hoodie guy. I might get one. <laughs> hey, but yeah, there's uh, for that. There's a Discord. It's a good time. We've been doing a lot more. Um, if you decide to be a patron, yeah, with the RAI game team. Now. Yeah, we've been we've been moving that along. That's been a lot of fun. So Knockout City, we yeah. played a couple times already. Yeah, we're gonna start doing Dead by Daylight. Yep. <laughs> The, the dream is I want a Friday the 13th game. I know. We're... But it's the most people. You right. Know? So, like, the core, you know, we'll see. But we had to start slow, though. Yeah. But, oh, Knockout City's been hilarious. Yes. Three-on-three three dodgeball. If you haven't played that game, it's so much fun. Free to play until level 25, 25 or yeah. So, the RAI Rage Cross team on Knockout City. Come join us. Hit us up on Patreon. Yeah, that's that's part of the tier one. You get that from uh, from our, our base donation, uh-huh. as long as access to our hangout nights, which is usually about the end of the month. You get together in the Patreon only area and have some fun, have yeah. some laughs. It's a good night. Links, drinks, laughs, movies. Yep. Then of course, questionable decisions. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> tier two, we've got the uh, postmortem series, which you guys will be getting a taste of. You non. Non-patrons, right. Yeah, we'll get a taste of pretty soon. Coming in November, we're going to release uh, four chapters of that. Yep, and we're staggering them, so if it's not something you want to hear, you know, you can skip a week, I guess. I mean, you could, but, you, you know, you maybe you should You don't want to skip a week. You want to you listen to these. See, there thank you. you. <laughs> Another endorsement. Hit a lyric. Tell me what you think about these. No, so we spent all this time talking about how to play Werewolf, and this is uh, recaps of you guys playing Werewolf. It's, uh, it's good for players and storytellers alike, actually. See? Okay. Thank there you for the endorsement. It better coming out of, out of your mouth than ours. Because <laughs> we do it. So. Yeah. We show all the time for ourselves, and people probably get annoyed once in a while. Oh, I'm sure they get annoyed all the time. That's why we're going to make this one quick. And then, of course, the final is the NPC of the Month Club, where you get uh, something out of my personal Bible every month, an NPC, for you see your game, however you see fit. Fully fleshed out characters, the character themselves, the person they are, the person... Appearance, role-playing role, Yeah, the appearance, yeah. the best version possible of that character. Yes, because, you know, if I reuse an NPC in a new setting, I will tweak things. Because you don't want to do the same thing all the time. Makes sense. You know, what happens if we go this way? What happens if we go this way? What? So I compile what I think is the ideal version. So it's a new entry. It's not like I'm just copy-pasting something out of my files. You're getting a brand new rewritten thing, which I think is worth mentioning. Yes, it's definitely worth mentioning because there are characters even in our game currently, that they're not the same version that you wrote as far as the NPC of the month. So it's an even better version of what could be kind of thing. Yeah, there's some truth to that, yeah. 
You know, it's characters cool. have made decisions that have maybe changed your opinion on them in your game. Exactly. But that's that's our Patreon, and so if you're in a place to donate, it, it's a big deal. It it really helps. It's yes, you know, um, yes, it, it does. It's a very big deal. It shows support. Yeah, it helps us keep going and doing what we're doing. You know, this isn't. Um, it's not free. No, <laughs> I mean it's, we're glad to give you these shows for free, and we have no intention of paywalling. No, I've heard people. We're not doing that. No, I know some people do, but never. But just again, a way to help. But if you can't help financially, hey, word of mouth. You know, if you, you know, like our stuff on social media, help to pass that around. Share the love. Yep. Spread the knowledge. Help us get in the ear holes of other people who you think might want to hear it too. Because we at RAI, we love the holes. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Danny. Nope. Nope. Lyric, how dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, left showing? Yes, let's, let's do it. Let, today's topic. Today's topic, it is the Halloween season. So, so we're going with the bad guy arc. Yeah, we, we are talking antagonist once more. This this was a good one last time. I mean, it's been a while since we did the... What, what do we call it? The in- I have no idea. <laughs> Something about antagonist. What did know. we do yesterday? Yeah, and who were you talking to? It was it was the the guys you love to hate. That's what we did. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a little while for that one, but like I thought we'd go a little bit more deeper and you know give these guys purpose, the, the bad guy, and where they lead to, how they get there, what's their end goal. Certainly. And I mean, I think it's a great episode. I mean, that's why we got you here, Travis. It's, uh, you know, you can riff with us and we'll have some fun. What do you think, Lyric? Yes. I, I can get with all of this. Excellent. So I think when you talk about making a, a proper villain, especially a recurring and especially a recurring antagonist, the most, the first thing to keep in mind is that to the bad guy, he's the hero. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even think about it that way. You know, I mean, you look at someone like Lex Luthor, right? Like, like a famous. Yeah, we know who he is, supervillain. Uh-huh. Luthor wants he he wants to rule Metropolis or rule the world or whatever because it's it would be for the greater interests of the world because he is a genius and he could make things better because Superman is an alien and not to be trusted and he's going to screw over humanity because he's this unknown, too good to be true, foreign presence with the power of a god and we just let that happen unchecked. He's the hero save, trying to save the world from Superman. In his eyes. Damn it, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, right. I had something that's like, oh, never mind. How, how am I supposed to follow that? Like, damn, sorry. Well, well that's our show, everybody. Take, Take it easy. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Fuck. But, I mean, that's just step one, though. I just thought we... We're going to start a little lower than, like, the reoccurring antagonist, but... Oh, what do you want? We'll oh. <laughs> jump around. We have, we have no respect for structure. <laughs> this, this is true. And if this is your first show, then could you're learning that now. Right. <laughs> oh, so let's talk uh, everybody's favorite villains for Werewolf. Let's talk Black Spiral Dancers, right? Okay. Um, I'm sure we'd get there eventually, so, but yeah. It's like a lot of people... They talk about them being these mindless monsters and foaming at the mouth, and you've mentioned making them terrifying. Yes. So what are what are some things that you do with them to make them more terrifying? Because I, I had this fever dream once uh, of a story arc that I'd like to do to my players that I thought might be too much. 
So I'm curious what your take would be. Well, okay. I mean, first of all, just like anything else, I mean, the mood, the setting, those all have factors in the, into how terrifying something is or isn't, certainly. But throwing that to the side, because that's not our focus right now. Uh-huh. Again, we go back to that, that idea that, maybe not the idea that they're the hero of their own story, but remember that they are, we're using quotes here, people just like everyone else. People do have that image of that just mindless, drooling, slack-jawed spiral, and a couple of those exist because madness is a fun thing and we can go all sorts of extremes with it. But for every Leatherface, there's a Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) I like this Halloween theme here. Nicely done. You can kill with kindness. You you can show something through the actions of or the, um, the fallout of the actions of your enemy. Uh-huh. To use references from other things, I think back to Metal Gear Solid. Okay. And you're mm. you're just before the Cyber Ninjas encounter, like the fight with the Cyber Ninja. But you've been going through this game for a while, and you're going from room to room in this this cold, flat, kind of almost monotone fortress, and everything's more or less the same. And then you open the doors, you get to this elevator, and there's bodies and blood stains everywhere. In just one room. Well, and then you go through three or four rooms of this. Okay, so you I'm, open I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since yeah. I played this. You know, you turn the corner, you go to the new area, and it's cold and gray. You go to the new area, and it's cold and gray. And you go to the new area, it's cold and gray, and there's blood stains everywhere. Yeah, that, that whole room is like a... It's, it's a hallway of corpses leading up to the area. Yeah. And you've seen zero corpses and zero blood stains laying around the rest of the city the entire game. And it's that sudden change of pace where you go, whoa, wait, wait, whoa. What? You even have to think maybe something's wrong. Something is wrong, and a bad thing is around the corner. There's no question there. Uh-huh. I think to... It's, it's how close is it? That's the problem. Right. And it's suddenly real. You can't go, well, maybe... This wasn't like some dude had a paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> Alternatively, you think I think back to um, when I was first introducing Tom and Danny to the game. I ran, I ran a couple of what we would call demos. Yes. And one of which was them in the woods. And I don't remember why both of them were in the woods, but it didn't matter because yeah. they were just setting a thing. And they were, you know, oh, we're, you know, standard cub shit. You know, I'm in the woods. Where's my clothes? What's going on? Why am I here? That shit. I'm, re- I'm remembering this. This is good. And they ran into two characters in the woods. Yeah, we didn't have any clue on what this game even was yet. We just and, knew it was called Werewolf. <laughs> and I'm just talking to them. And there's the one that's sizing him up, but is talking to him and explaining things. And, you know, you're part of something bigger now. We can make it part of something even bigger. Bring you closer to greatness. How do you feel about being close to greatness, little man? The mannerisms coming off Porter's face right now are just fucking creepy. <laughs> and in the did, meantime, did he also have a baseball bat? Or was that the big guy behind him? Well, the, the, guy, the other guy was actually smaller <laughs> and kind of smirking, smirking and giggling. Well, he's like smoking a cigarette leaning on a tree. But I never threatened them, but I absolutely threatened them without using the words. Right. No, it was definitely all implied. Yeah, every syllable was an implication of we're going to rip you apart if you don't do what we say. While, while so, the guy so they weren't in danger, it was the implication. It was the, it was, it was the implication. <laughs> of course they could say no, but they, they wouldn't say no because of the implication. <laughs> Sorry. Brilliantly done. <laughs> Get on Discord and get on that inside joke. That's, uh, that was great. <laughs> is that what it's like talking to me? Yeah, cool. sometimes. 
<laughs> so, but but yeah, you do imply. You oh know, yeah, like I said, the the mannerisms you're using right now, and and I'm, I'm mentioning that on purpose because it's it's creepy. It's <clears throat> oh, what's the word? So I'll explain what I'm doing. Is so what I'm doing is uh, first of all, I'm I'm slightly tilting my head, but I'm not looking at Danny. So I'm looking at him through the sides of my eye, and then I tilt up my head a bit. Yeah, and he's got like, like, like you know, shit eating smirk. Yeah, you know, you get this grin on your face, but now I'm now I'm tilting my head up, so I'm looking down at him through the sides of my eye, and and I want to you, know, you want to keep that smile on your face while you're talking, like you get the joke, like you told the joke and he doesn't get it, but the funny part is that he doesn't get it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and you're you're using that face while you're telling me all these things. Too. Well, I have to do it, to... I, and I get it, but it's it's hitting yeah. home. Go ahead, Larry. No, no, I was, I was agreeing with you. Like, I, I could see why you would need to do it because, like, there's some things that you, oh god, you, you just, you have to slip into it to properly, like, dis, not, not display, but to convey it. Well, like, both. it's not something you can just talk about, right? Like, you know what you're doing, but how do you put that into words? So maybe do it and then describe it. Pretty close. Yeah, and like holding that facial expression is important because you know, I mean, I don't mean to, I don't want to surprise anybody, but the, the the positions our mouths make affect how our voices sound. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes, so, I you know, like you I can, believe this. Yeah, I mean, you can hear when someone is smiling when they're talking to you. There, there's you know, it it sounds differently. This is a fact. So you keep that in mind too. You know, you want to hold those facial expressions as much as you can when you want when you're. Playing a character to that certain way, you want to make somebody creeped out like that. Know what it sounds like. Yeah, you look like this, and then just hold that facial expression because it's going to keep you sounding like this. Ain't that right, Danny Tyson? Yes, 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 that's right. Yeah. She's looking at class if we go to sleep tonight. I didn't say nothing's there, but maybe you should just check. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know that's. I think that's a way. I mean, let's let's recap here. Is the question was how to make characters terrifying. I, I think it's in how they speak. It's in it's in those mannerisms. Uh, that that's part of it. You know, again, it's remembering. You know, there's as for as much as there is the the leather face. There's a Hannibal Lecter. It, it's having the intelligence, a character having that intelligence to manipulate you, to fuck with you, to to change the game board that you're playing on, so to speak. Mm. If you look at, I want to use like the Scooby Doo reference, right? Okay. And I and I'll use it so I can transition to another part of this, but. Anytime there's a bad guy for Scooby-Doo cartoons back in the originals, right? The bad guy always had the bad guy voice. You know it was a bad guy by the way he talked. That's true. Usually, yeah. <laughs> so you can use that if you know to be terrifying if you really need to. Well, you can also subvert it. True. You expect the witch, right, uh-huh. to be, I'll get you, my pretty. Yeah. But what if she sounds like this? What if she's offering you milk and cookies? It's just the I think there's a whole fairy tale based around that. There might be. I, I'm not the fairy tale <laughs> expert. But, but, you know, you let that come from the other side because you're expecting. Mm-hmm. You expected the bad guy to sound like this, you know? And the bad guy sounds like this. <laughs> you know? I'm just saying, it can be used that way. Yeah. Or you can do the absolute opposite of it. Well, classics to- are classics for a reason, absolutely. Right. But then I, I bring up the Scooby-Doo thing because I fear that... Okay, how do I put this? Look at every cop or detective or let's catch the bad guy show on TV right now. Okay. I'd say 99 times out of 100, 
the bad guy is the first or second person they introduce you to. Sure. And that came from Scooby-Doo. Oh, I believe that. I, I is think, that true? Is that, is that actually that. Go, true? Go watch nine episodes of Scooby-Doo and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I dare you. I don't, I don't want to because I have to watch Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is a classic. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, exactly, about? Exactly. It's a classic. Not like the new shit. I, I know there's still new shit. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But let's go with the classic Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Like the, the whole 60s, 80s and 90s smoke coming out of the van. Right. Maybe they're at the malt shop and there's a sing-along during the chase because it's like 64. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, those. Yeah, and then they pull the oh. mask off, whoever the bad guy was. and it Old was, Man Farley. It was Old Man Farley the whole time. But they introduce you to Old Man Farley, either, either the first or second quote-unquote suspect. Well, it's isn't always like the one who needed to make money off of the place? It, like, whatever it was. was. the owner of the lumber mill who wanted to get an insurance scam on? Right, that's, what, that's my point, though. It's it's either the very first or second person they introduce you to. But, I mean, that's... And then you look at every... Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> then you look at every show on TV, 99 times out of 100, it's going to happen. It's, it is. It's hmm. formulaic, certainly. But So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not talking about a mystery right now. We're talking. We're focusing on the bad guys. True, but you know what? I take it back. Hmm. No, I think that's um. Uh, you could do that. Yeah, then I take it I don't back. Know. I usually do more of the Jaws approach, though. Well, before you hit that, I, I I think maybe you could do it that way. You have you know you have so many of the quote unquote suspects you are introducing the pack to, and it ends up being that one the whole time. There were just so many misdirects to do it. Well, it, certainly. But so again, what you're saying is you do intertribal conflict and you make sure the bad guy's a shadow lord. <laughs> and then the, the, then it comes out later that you just weren't smart enough to, to have the proper vision and the shadow lord was right all along and was doing stuff for the greater good of the nation. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's tale as old as time, really. Yes, yes, you're right. Yes, but, it is. But again, <laughs> we're, we're moving in, we're, we're, we're sliding into a mystery territory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Over like, our focus on the the antagonists themselves. Now, you were talking about a Jaws approach. Now, I, I hope you're talking about Jaws one, <laughs> where it's you know less is more, and not like the Jaws yeah. four approach where it's psychically linked to fucking the housewife. <laughs> oh God! You know, I watched that movie and I couldn't understand what the hell was going on, and they had like a light gun or something. I don't something. Yeah. So, like, it, it was like flash of light, and the shark would just be bleeding. You weren't psychically linked to it. That's why you couldn't understand. That's that's true, by the oh, way. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, Jaws, was she actually Jaws psychically 4. linked to yeah, it? Yeah, Jaws was 4. Them. Well, I mean, it was. He was stalking them. But but Roy Schrader's it. wife, he, you know, he's not in the movie. But his wife yeah. is psychically linked to Jaws. Oh, my God. And that's why Jaws, it killed their son. And so she moved to the Bahamas to live with the other son, and Jaws followed her because they were in the Bahamas. Yes, where there's water everywhere. He went from he swam from. He's like my nemesis's wife moved, <laughs> so I'm going to swim from Maine to the Bahamas to stalk her. If that was the plot of Jaws four, you're welcome. Oh my god! Uh, you know, <laughs> I used to think Jaws three was bad, but not anymore. <laughs> All right, so yeah, but I, I mean Jaws one because like my my thought with making terrifying kind of villains for spirals, and I, I thought about this once while I was at work, and the idea was you know maybe the packs going through the woods are looking for something, or they're just like you know doing some kind of patrol, something for whatever reason they're in the woods, and you know you, you 
you don't even really do the laughter or anything. Because I think I've discussed this before about how I would do this. Because I, I was concerned about really freaking them out too much. And this is when I had like five players. And so, you know, they're going through and they don't really see anything. And then one of them maybe misses a roll and steps in a bear trap. And so that one's stuck in the bear trap. And then the big one behind him, the full moon, or whoever it happens to be, whoever, whoever's the most combat-ready one, because they're going to look gnarly, right? Like, five dots of strength is going to make you look like a monster. They get shot. They get shot with silver, and they're downed. And through, like, a series of really unfortunate events, you have them stuck in this uh, hills-have-eyes-homes-type situation where you do have those warped and mutated spirals, but it's that awful, like, you can't really do much about it because they have you shackled up, and hey, look, it's this guy who's missing half his face. No, see, I think that's great. I mean, and that, that comes back to um, when I went to that Leatherface leather Spectrum, I mm-hmm. guess we'll call it now. You know, it, it's, that, is, that is closer to, I mean, that's, that's a group that's using their brains as well. It's not just, ooh, look, his skin's all off, so it's a scary. You know, it looks scary, therefore I'm scared. There's something behind it. The, well, the, the premise of that was the, the spirals are also werewolves, and they will punch you. Exactly. And they do move as a pack. Exactly. Still right. and that, I mean, that's something I impress on these guys all the time, is that if you run into a single black spiral, assume that it can do everything you can and more. Yes. And then, and there's probably no, five more hidden in the alley smoking their uh, worm-scented weed. Ex- exactly. Is that, that one's not, he's not alone. You just don't see the others. Yeah, that that's something you've told us, and that's stuck with me every single time. So whenever I know we're amongst a black spiral... I know we're amongst more black spirals. Well, I think I think back to a story, and I'm not going to date it, but I know you will know the one, and Larry, mm-hmm. you will probably know the one because you've listened to the postmortems, where you mm-hmm. guys cleared out a group of spirals. It wasn't just you, mm-hmm. but you and some NPCs cleared out what you thought was a hive of spirals. Correct. And of course, what you thought was wasn't what was really going on. And and that's something too is that if. You're in a situation with your individual games where where your your players are just hacking through spirals like red shirts on fucking Star Trek. There's something wrong here, and maybe make a point to, I guess, deflate that threat after the fact. Okay. Oh, okay. Now I see where you're going. Yeah. Maybe someone like an NPC go. That was great, but a little too easy. Right. That there's something wrong with the fact that it was that easy. Mm-hmm. I, I think to, uh, I'm going to stay away from examples in the postmortems for now. I, I think I mentioned that st- story, Diplomacy and You, a few times, where I had the packs go to different, you know, to different tribal cairns to give them a look at what things were like. Well, right. I, I had the Get a Fenris one, where there was a grand moot going on to justify having 300 Get a Fenris in this cairn. <laughs> I just didn't tell them there was a moot going on. You know, don't need to. It's right. applied. So they so they show up and they see all of these this army of get like this huge army of Fenner Sweet. in this cairn. You know, there's more people watching the gate than you have at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. You know, to way. feel intimidated <laughs> and, and scared and small, and that was the point. That's not their normal day there, but you don't need to know that, right? You know, so and it's it's like do the opposite. If you've been running through, if you're running through spirals like, like like they're nothing, you're doing it wrong. Refocus and maybe find a reason why it's been so easy so far. You well, know? I think part of that comes down to some of the fluff makes them look that easy. Because there's, you know, there's stories out there uh, of packs of gurus just ripping through packs of spirals, right? Sure. 
or like here's your madman berserker spiral and you know usually it goes badly for me like they they trade pretty evenly because spirals are still going to hit you hard mm-hmm. but it there does seem to be that impression that they should be easy to bring down and that's mostly due to i think guru violence capacity but spirals are guru also yes i mean that's the thing they're the mirror image they're the thing that you could be if you fuck up enough that's something to keep in mind too and, and did, did use that term fuck up enough or if you vaguely, do a good job though. you could it could be a good thing you know, I, the difference between Crimson Ghost <laughs> and Vermilion yeah. <laughs> is like a week that goes wrong. I can hmm. see it. And that's something that should be kept in mind. You know, they, they are. They're that twisted reflection of the Garu. And, I mean, everybody knows that. But, I mean, we go back to the spirals going down too quick. Phrasing. The... <laughs> I, yeah, it was there. Um, <laughs> Silver platter. Here you go. I, you know... <laughs> Someone who's going to hit that ball. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what if... What if the thing you don't know... You know, you hear that story, the pack rips through them like they're nothing, but what you don't know is those were clients. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that happens all the time. Well, like, do their... They're berserkers. They don't ever really attain high rank, do they? I, I mean, I'm because not... Because they're, they're not capable. I'm not a spiral... Uh, aficionado? Yeah, or professional, so well, I wouldn't know anything about it, but... Well, we'll have to talk about that on another episode. Oh, that is but definitely another episode. There is, <laughs> there is a process, though. That was and kind of my point. The, that, guys. <laughs> play, like, Zigzag is the berserker, right? And she's rank, I think, what, five or six? Yeah. Six? I think six. But, like, that's because she's, you know, special, quote-unquote. But you, you, you have to pass the same kind of... Well, it's not the same. The trials for Spirals are definitely not the same as the trials for Guru, but you still have to pass them. And if you're a mindless brute, you're, you're not going to be able to. True. Like, one of, one of their renown is... Um, God, what, it's, it's, it's like Cunning, but evil. I can't remember the name of it. Like, an evil version of Cunning. Manipulation? <laughs> no, it's Ooh, like the warm one. It's not coming to me right now, because it's been a while. <laughs> just, I'm just thinking manipulative, but but the point, the point though. I, I mean, yeah. So I, I guess you could set it up so that you had like lower spirals that would, uh, you know, work as kind of cannon fodder. I mean, you you could do that. You could, in theory, have a bunch of like day one, like you know, spiral metas that you're throwing at people. But then here's this alpha pack of you know, pure breed fives who have spent their entire life just executing werewolves and then skinning them because. Why not? Like, they're not skin dancers. It's just what they do because, you know, fur is pretty. Yeah, you know, it's good to have hobbies. But, I mean, there you go. I, I think, but, but to, to build on that, that, I mean, it's kind of what I'm talking I'm kind of talking about it from the other way. Hmm. So, like, if you've been running this game for all these years, you've been, you know, blowing through these spirals like they're nothing. Maybe the thing there is to have it somehow revealed that all those spirals were day one fucking nothing, Goliath nobodies. And that's why it's been so easy. So now you can make that pivot to giving the spiral dancers the respect they fucking deserve as antagonists. Okay. No, I see it. You know, you thought you were a badass. You thought you were a badass. Until. But everyone you've killed has been rank nothing. (laughs) Yeah, then you throw like Rio's dream flyer at him and really fuck with him. Yep. And you know, hey... If, if you wonder, I mean, if you're a, a big stat person or whatever, I mean, I keep a file of sample stats that I can just pull mm-hmm. from. Maybe take the stats from your players. Oh, shit. Just, just copy their fucking sheets and change the gifts. <laughs> you son of a brilliant. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I mean, every bit as strong as you are, only they can do other shit. In fact, maybe keep some of those gifts. Yeah. Because if I, I recall correctly, you don't lose the gifts that you already know. Really? When you dance the spiral. You no, why that. would you? Yeah. Like, if you don't want to tie your shoe, getting Velcro shoes doesn't make you incapable of tying knots. Similarly, guy who can learn. learn worm gifts, they just have to deal with learn words. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I, I, just, I get it, but fuck. Like, certainly, like, you could learn Horns of the Impaler, it's just going to feel really dirty doing it. And be bad for your career, certainly. But, you no, know. You just tell people you're a menace, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, no, that'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only smell a little bit like burning, you know, saltpeter, it's fine. Don't, don't. Don't question it too much. It's cool. It's a, it's a new scent. It's Calvin Klein. <laughs> it's okay. definitely not scent of Balefire. But yeah, you know, like a guy in spirit isn't going to like go up to a worm, you know, a black sparrow and go, here, here, learn a thing. But if you've already learned the thing, you're going to know how to do it. No, but I was just, I guess I was thinking more like the guy in spirit would take that away. How? Yeah, well, because you see, again, yeah, you're right. Spirals are still I... kind of guy-in because it's all under, like, it's still under the triad. That's got a little too meta, Jesus. Well, um, well I guess well, we'll just move on. Yeah. You know, and I mean, yeah, of course, there, there, there are things, other, I mean, there are, there are other antagonists. Yeah, and I mean, your Famor, that's your red shirts. We don't need to. I was going to say, those, those are probably easier for red shirts, but. Yeah, and there's a lot you can play with. It's fine. We don't, that, that's, that's kind of boring, I think. You got some crazier and, and more powerful from where I, but sure. But that's about rolling the dice of superpowers, or what do you want to have them do? Mm-hmm. And so, well, know. some of the four marks are pretty cool. Sure, I mean, there's definitely a variety, but I mean, I'd rather mm. focus on something like DNA. Okay, mm. I was going to say you're talking, still talking about the reincurring antagonists, or maybe the antagonists that have been pulling the strings the entire time. Sure. I mean, if you want the one-shot fodder stuff, we don't need to help you with that. You yeah. just make something that looks cool and it's around for a story. That's the Scooby-Doo shit we're talking about. That's, that's, what that's you, the uh, Monster of the Week. Skull pigs. Yeah. You know, skull pigs are awesome, but still largely Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. Something like DNA. I mean, Pentex is the easier target, but I like talking DNA because DNA is not nefarious by intent. They don't understand that they're the bad guy. Right. And again, it's another one where... In the, in their eyes, they're the hero. They're trying to stamp out a terrible genetic disease. So DNA is Lex Luthor. Got it. Well, that's, but again, that's true for all villains. True. No one wakes up and says, I'm the villain. I'm going to conquer the world because I'm evil. It's because I feel like the, Pentex trying to nuke the world into nothing is... I, I feel like that is that. Well, that's why I think it's more selfishly motivated. That's, mm. I want the power, I want the control. It's not because I'm evil. I, mean, I agree, and I think that's why you're bringing DNA rather than Pentex here. Exactly. It, it's, it's an easier place to start because they actually are not trying to do bad. They're, they're, they, they think that the, being a werewolf is a disease. Mm-hmm. They think it's a genetic disorder. This is GLS. GLS-1 and GLS-2, and we, we have to stomp this out. This is... This is going to be the new cancer, and we can cure it and make the world a better place. And that's really what they think. <laughs> They're the good guy. And if intent were important, they they are. They just don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're a great example of... That's what I'm looking for here, guys. Uh, mundane threats? Unintended consequences. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
you know. I think you could use that as a villain to really drive the, the point home of how rare Guru are. Definitely. And I mean, of course, how rare they are varies. That, that's your game. But certainly. I, I think it's also a great example of the dangers of humanity. If I, if I can take a second to take a little bit of a rant. Sure. It's your show. <laughs> Do what you want, man. <laughs> Fine. But a problem I see or I hear about often is this this idea of people looking at werewolf through the lens of human beings. We're not humans in the game of werewolf. You're not a human. Right. You so know, human problems are human problems. And aggressively not the Garus problem. And DNA is a great example of why humanity isn't so fucking great. Yes. You know, you hear conversations about, like, the Imperium and how terrible it would be to bring the Imperium back. But, sure, it's bad for us, because we're the victims of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be murdered by a werewolf. Of course, this is well, fictional. You, you might not be. You, you might be in the breeding pen or whatever. You never know. Right, but it's also fictional yeah. setting, so there's zero chance that the Gaur are going to put us in breeding pens or the fucking slaughtering pits. <laughs> so it's already not a worry. Yeah, you know? so... Keep that in mind too, though. right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, people go, "Oh, that's that's terrible." They're, they're, <laughs> the Garu are the, these terrible villains. Look at what they do to humans. Look at what humans are doing to humans. Look at what humans are doing to the environment. Humans are worm food. They they Bane's feed off that shit constantly. Look at the yes. damage they do, even when they're trying to do good, as evidenced by DNA. Nice bring back around. Yeah, there's still humans are a problem to the Garu. If a couple million just dropped off. The Garo would throw a party. <laughs> would they even notice with that, like, nine billion people on the planet? Well, locally, sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think that's, sure, a, yeah. that's enough people that there'll be a local impact of some sort pretty much anywhere. And then, then, so, those so how big get an around. operation do you do with DNA to make it a bigger threat for the Garo? Because one, one outpost, or, like, it's not going to be a clinic at the Walmart. No, I think... Um, and, 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 and if I remember, he serves from the books. I think there's four or five official outposts. And, like, they have their own buildings and stuff, and you they have a level of security. I know they have guards that are immune to the delirium because, you know, they experiment on guard that they catch. So they learn shit. You know, one of their plans is to, like, fluoride, put an additive into the water that will cure GLS. Think about that. That's fucked up. Now, does it cure it, or does it just block shape-shifting for as long as you're taking it? Um, I don't recall offhand. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I believe the, well, the ideal is a cure. They haven't done any of it yet, but that's what the kind of thing they're working toward. And I mean, as a Garu, that should be enough to set anybody the fuck off. You're trying to cure me? Like I'm some kind well, of fucking like, not disease? Well, not that, but like, let's, let's like, gravitate towards that, that water thing. Like, that is a great villainous concept for a plot. Because that's something you really have to, like, even if you just kill one person, you're not necessarily stopping the plan to poison an entire water supply in a city. And exactly. then what does that urban care do? I think that's the point here. That be, it, yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not, it's not something you can necessarily just kick or punch your way through. I mean, there are levels of it, certainly. This is, this is a game you need some action. But, you know, yeah, putting something in the water supply, that is a real problem. How do you, how do you stop that? It's, it's bigger. All just a cure and... and who the fuck do you think I am? I don't, I don't need to be cured. Exactly. But how oh. would you know? I guess if your cubs started going wrong. And I think that could be part of, like, the arc for the antagonist there. Because you've got, what's an arc, right? you got to start from the bottom, you got to go up. Phrasing. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> but no, and that's, 
if that's exactly it, where do you start with something like that? Maybe it is with the Cubs. I mean, but maybe. Because if they're trying to do a cure, and if we're going to do something to where it's an actual cure, maybe, yeah, as long as you're taking the water, it will purge your system eventually. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a side effect, and it affects kinfolk first and violently, which puts you on the scent of the, of the ark. Because kinfolk are, are different genetically slightly from normal humans, right? Or are they not? I can't... I, yes, yes and no. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends it, on depends the storyteller. On, well, it depends on what paragraph you're reading of which book at which time. <laughs> okay, that too. Because, you know, you, you look at something like a player's guide. I think player's guide 3. I think DNA is a player's guide 3. Okay. Where it will say specifically that there is no Garu gene, and then 12 pages later we'll talk about DNA locating the gene for GLS. So which is it? Yes. Hmm. You know... <laughs> It, so it depends well, on like, what it's you're reading. Some kind of blood. So I guess you could, but but that's that's a perfect example of uh, what I call a progressive threat, or not? Yeah, yeah. I guess per, a persistent, persistent threat. Because I tend to do more sandboxy games, right? And so having a, a a big villain that you know and are drive to stop is is a thing, and that's a thing that every game needs. But if you have a persistent threat where the players are going to go off, and they're going to do what they want. Then maybe they get distracted by a weasel in the trees and decide to chase that instead of going for the obvious troll down the, in the, the deeper part of the forest, right? Well, pop, yeah. But that troll is going to keep doing what it's going to do, regardless. Nice. And that's that's what DNA makes as a perfect villain for those kind of campaigns. Agreed. And if you ignore it, it's just going to get worse. Absolutely. And maybe it's stopped. Maybe maybe it's not just water. Maybe they're doing forced inoculations of the uh, populace. Well, even if you don't ignore it, I'm sure it's going to keep getting worse, especially if it's going to be one of those progressive bad guys. Well, I, you look at this, um, you know, I teased fear. I, I did a little drop of foreshadowing of fear. <laughs> Which stands for what, Danny? Because I know you remember still. Free Earth Armed Resistance. Okay. <laughs> that was First Earth Armed Response. No. But it doesn't matter. That, uh... I'm going to trust Danny. Yeah, I'm almost positive because I love that acronym. Yeah. But I just is that Pentex is like eco terror group. No, it is a. Um, it, it came out of Worm Twenty. It's mm. a militia group of eco terrorists. The idea is it's a, a human shaped mirror as to what the Gower are doing. You know, they're they're like Animal Liberation Front. Okay. Yeah. You know, where they're blowing up labs because people are testing cures for cancer on rabbits, so everyone in there needs to die. You know, that, that's reasonable. Right. It's, it's that dark side of that well-meaning militia, which ironically enough was founded by a black spiral. So he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, no, it's totally on purpose. Okay. But it's, you know, it's in there in the book, and it was something I was teasing for these guys that Danny never let go of, so I couldn't... <laughs> so he ruined my bringing it back around because he never let it die. <laughs> I love the acronym, man. Um, it's so good. I, he for, oh, my God. He forgot my name yesterday. He remembers what fear stands for. <laughs> Forget your name. You called me Jeff. <laughs> okay, uh, sure. Uh, go with it. Fine. Hey, you're that guy, but also here's this terror group. <laughs> <laughs> I got really bad short-term memory, all right? But if it makes it past my short-term memory, my long-term memory is fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that, that's another example of that, of, of quote, humanity gone wrong. Mm-hmm. But it, it is something, like, like you were saying there, it's something that doesn't go away. It's just going to escalate. You ignore that, they're going to keep doing shit. And now, so, rest assured, they're out there doing shit. Yeah, go ahead. At, at the head of that, do you, do you have like a board of directors or something? Or do you have one guy who actually knows and knows what the guru are and is just gunning for it? Like, do you, is the head of DNA just a normal dude, or is it like a spurned kinfolk who's like, you know what, fuck these people? 
I don't think it's ever been detailed, but I'm saying the head of DNA is Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, someone who theoretically has a lot of money. Well, well, he has a lot of money, definitely, but theoretically wants to do good. Okay. You know, I don't know what's in their hearts, but if Bill Gates says I want to do good, I'm just, okay, I'll believe you. <laughs> I don't... Uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, who's getting the impression of? You know, so yeah, I think it's it's like a Bill Gates guy. That's who's the head of DNA. He's just wrong hmm. and misguided. But by that, misguided by that black spiral dancer. No, no, I think it's on the level. We know that fear started by a black spiral dancer, and we know all about the board of directors. Mm-hmm. So why can't we have one that's just well-meaning and wrong? Okay. All right. No, I, I see it. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes, you're right. I mean, it doesn't have to be DNA, but certainly those are all different types. Mm-hmm. It doesn't why, have to be fear either. Either right. Why, why, well, why fear was established. Mm-hmm. There's a spiral of charge. He did, they did that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> right. So uh, what's, what's a separate angle to go at? For, for storytellers, how would you present DNA to the players so you don't just give it all up at one time? Because this is something that you need to build. Like, you need to have some, some daily life issues going into it. Like, may, maybe you throw in a couple small-time villains. Maybe you do throw your cannon fodder spirals at them ahead of time. But how do you work DNA into a storyline? Well, it's, well, it's interesting you talk about spirals and, and putting that in the same sentence as DNA. Because I don't think those don't really go together. But Brilliant. So what you do, and what I would do, let's, let's, let's make that clear, what I would do, sure, is I would, I would start having um, kinfolk be sick. Now, now I'm going to talk, I'm going to use some specific character names from, from our games. Don't worry about it, it's fine. You, you shouldn't be, no one should be lost, it should be fine. But, but let's say, you know, Roy's out sick for three days. Okay. That's odd. Yeah. You check on Roy. Because you like Roy, right? Am yes. I wrong on that? No, you're absolutely right. Everybody yeah. likes Roy. Everyone right. does like Roy. It's more than a couple days, something's going on, we need to check. Right? And maybe it seems like nothing, but, you know, or he's getting ready to get back to work or whatever, uh-huh. and then Vanessa is out sick for a few days. And we're not putting a hat on it, it's just, it's, the kinfolk are not well. Yeah, you're they're just... They're not dying, but... Well, that it? happens, the flu spreads and they're not guru. Right, but it's also odd. Bookman's fine. Bookman lives in a fucking tree stand in the goddamn woods. Mm-hmm. He's fine. But everyone drinking the coffee at the ranger station has been getting sick. That's I was going to bring that up. I was like, uh, what next would be Ted? If Ted gets sick, we know it's something to do with everyone in the ranger station. And see how I just started oh, that Yeah, threat. but you don't necessarily know that that's related to the water because no, Bookman's by himself. True. You get that, because, um, uh, you know, colds and flus, they spread from contact. No, you're yeah, right. since he's by himself in the ranger station, like, well, shit, that still keeps the normalcy. Yeah, you're right. But now I've planted a seed. Right. This isn't, this isn't the breadcrumbs. This is just a seed or two. And so now you're out there in the world. And maybe you hear of another story. You know, um, they're, they're, they go to the, to the forward base, the, the jersey, the, the forward set. And stands with the long shadow says, yeah, our fucking, our fucking guard, you know, Chance's cousin keeps uh, ditching his shift. Guy keeps playing sick. You mentioned that. And then, you're, well, you're there to help the Garu in this sept. So they send you, okay, well, we need help over here on the south side because of X, Y, and Z. So do us a favor, go over there, and help clean that shit up. We'll have Cove meet up with you in a day or two to fucking whatever. Uh-huh. So, of course, they, they're going to go do their mission, right? And that's where they find the spirals. And maybe one of the spirals is sick. Oh, You're <clears throat> fighting, and, and one of the spirals, like, faints. 
in the middle of the fucking combat. Well, I mean, awesome. One less to worry about at this moment. You know, or their 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 driver, who's a spiral kinfolk or something, passes out at the wheel and flips the truck, and that's how you catch and kill them or whatever. Okay. And what do you find when you're going through the van? Because you're going through the van. Come on. Right. Come on. Smart. <laughs> Should be. What do you find? Water. Do you find the guy's got a Gatorade bottle full of water? Hmm. It's something from tap, right? Right. Some yeah, something that's clearly not like it's not like a propel, it's not like a Gatorade water. It's a bottle of Gatorade that you have orange Gatorade that is now filled with water. Or, you know So that seed's just getting bigger now. Exactly. I'm pointing to this, you know, there's that continuing yeah. theme pointing you that way. And then you can continue that way, and if your your people aren't picking it up, be less subtle as you go. But that's how I do it. Stuff that seems unrelated. But it keeps happening but, yeah, and it until, keeps you start, ways. until you start looking at what's happening and why. And that would lead you, say, to the water power plant or to talk to a glass walker to do some digging to find X, Y, or Z, you know, which would then lead you on the trail. Oh, no. But what if, you, what if you keep all the hints low intensity and you leave it, you leave it so low that um, they, they don't, don't notice? Yeah, until it's already too late. Well, I would... Now, I'm not the storyteller, but I'm thinking you'd probably go more this way. Like, if they're not picking it up, you need them to pick it up. So start but being, do you? But being a lot Cause, less Because if they don't, it just gets worse. Like, it just escalates. Well, it, it keeps happening. And that's the so thing, is maybe this... the entire kinfolk are sick, and maybe... Because ah, well, news travels, right? Like, it, werewolf, werewolf cairns and saps, they communicate with each other. So maybe you find out that My the step closer to the center of town has actually come down with... Uh, a pretty terrible virus. Well, that, that's, um... <laughs> oh my god, it's crazy. That's the thing, is, you know, as a storyteller, you have to make the decision first and foremost is how far you want this to go before you finally put the hat on it and, and start to broaden the clues. And if you want to let it go to see what happens, that's cool. And if you want to hammer it down and let's get this thing moving, that's fine too. If you want to keep that going, though, to see how bad it gets, yeah. It, this should be happening in other steps. And like, like I mentioned before, you know, they... If the group goes from their home scepter, there's a kinfolk, to this forward sept over here, and hey, this kinfolk's out, and then here's the thing with the spiral. Keep that going. But remember, at this point, and we're talking about DNA and putting shit in the water to suppress GLS, which is, again, being a fucking Garu, uh-huh. that's going to start getting the actual Garu sick. And now it's going to start affecting the actual Garu. All right, yeah. so if they don't start picking it up, then, yeah, just make it make things worse. It just gets bigger. Yeah, it just snowballs more. And it's up to you to decide so, when you want to put the brakes on that snowball, or or maybe the better would be to go, hey guys, there's a snowball behind you. <laughs> Fucking pay attention. God, I think I would just have the pack on Bond Patrol with the standard list of supplies that the, the Cairn gives them, and have their list of supplies be like a 24-pack of Alhambra water. So they're never personally affected, but they can come back to the Sept and uh, uh, I don't know, Johnny punches walls is suddenly vomiting. Like, he just drank out of the hose in the yard, and just like, huh, that's weird. Yeah, see, I was, thinking, I was thinking, obviously, public water supply as opposed to uh, a brand, but that can work just as well. In fact, that'll probably be easier Well, no, because, like, they, you use the Alhambra so that they're not infected with the public water supply, so they don't quite connect it. Got, yeah, gotcha. Well, here's one if you really want to let it go nuts. Dave, your ragabash, goes to shift forms, and he can't. Oh, damn. Now what? You've been ignoring this so long, you've been drinking water because you've been living your life, and now you can't change forms. And you don't know why. Not so subtle anymore. If you're just going to let it go. Well, based on how how you want to cure it. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you just stop drinking the water and it gets out of your system, and it can be that simple. It could be forever. 
But I certainly wouldn't do something like that without consulting your player first. That's just a dick move. <laughs> See, that's a double-edged thing, because then you uh, you have to let them know that it's going to happen, and it spoils that surprise. And I like that, I like that initial shock you get from them. Well, see, what you do at that like, point is if you know that Dave is maybe thinking about rolling a new character. Mm. You set him aside and go, okay, you want to make that new character. Well, we're going to unveil him in the next couple stories, so let's get him ready. But you have to understand is now that you have your new character about to come in, your, you know, your current guy is my property. Yeah, that's, mm. I mean, there's no other way to do it. Right. You, you can't just spring that onto that character. Well, you can't spring it on the player. But, but you're right, sorry. <laughs> That's you a, yeah, you, it's a total... But you don't want to ruin the plot line, and you don't want to ruin his experience being surprised by it. True. But if you let him know something bad's going to happen because your new guy's about to come in... That makes sense. And I'm not going to tell you what. That's probably the best way to do that. Well, it's like how Ridley Scott did the first Alien chestburster scene, right? Yes! Like, something, something's yes, happening exactly. here, but uh, you'll see. Yeah, didn't tell them. Yeah, no, I know. I saw oh, the okay. documentary yeah. of that. <laughs> you didn't tell the, the entire... The, uh, set of actors and that scene that that was going to happen. Yep. So every one of those reactions you see on screen and on camera was 100% real. Oh, that girl got a blood well, I mean, flipped out and like, oh my god. <laughs> but what the fuck are you supposed to do with that? It was a genius move. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a dick move, but it's kind of a genius move. Right? I, I, I once mean, did the progressive threat of, um, uh, God, it's those, like, I think it's called Gray Spores from either uh, Book of the Worm 20 or W20. And it's like a spore that exists in the Umbra that it'll infect a person and make him like a zombie. And it, he can infect seven people, and then that can infect seven people, and it just kind of spreads. Right? And one of my players, uh, Coyote, actually, he came out of the Umbra after stepping in it. And I mentioned he'd stepped in it. Like, you know. Like, roll, roll your dice, okay, you didn't notice that you stepped in this thing. He's like, okay, whatever. And he infected a bunch of people. And it kept spreading, and I was kind of keeping a tally of how many people that had infected. And eventually it got to the point where, like, the town was infected. And instead of dealing with that, he just said, fuck this, I'm out, and left, and ignored it. <laughs> and I ended up having to stop the game, because by that point, North America was corrupted, like, after a couple days. Because, like, you, if one person can infect seven people, yeah. and they're on an airplane, yeah. What's like the end of um, Planet of the Apes, the the remake? I never saw the remake. Dawn of the Planet. Watch it. Th those are good. Okay. Um, yeah, the ending of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes where it tracks the virus. You know, perfect example of that, of exactly what you're talking about. Huh. Yeah, and like, I, I was going to let it go until he decided to deal with it or find a way to fix it, and he never did. He just said, fuck this, I'm out, zombies are above my pay grade. And you know, Nuisha, whatever. Right. But like, <laughs> I, I just, <clears throat> after a couple of sessions, I was like, okay, so the world's over. Well, let's make new characters. <laughs> we, we cannot come back from this. I guess I could have just done a zombie survival game. I had something, not quite on that scale, something similar that, that was going to end up happening to a game that ended up falling apart anyway. So it all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it was an online game, and like three quarters of that pack were, were parents. Oh. And it was like back to school had just happened. So, so the time... Timing was bad and you were going to lose them all anyway. Right. But like what I was going to do was this small town um, religious thing. So sort of mm. like a children of the corn or like a cult kind of thing. You know, using the church and getting this small town together and kind of... Not actual zombies, but we're, you know, zombifying them, if you will. And um, the plan was it was going to get so bad 
that the only way, like the whole town became infected, what are you going to do? Now it's a small town. It's maybe three, you know, 3,500 people. So we're just going to have to get rid of them. But then what happens next? How do you, you can't do that. You're going to be in the paper. Exactly. You're in the paper tomorrow. Yeah. And in the next day. And the next day. I don't know. My, my talent player might disagree. No, he, he's wrong. They'll still be in the paper. Yeah, regardless of what <laughs> That's going to be national coverage. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're getting feds there. You're getting... An entire town just vanishes? Yeah, there's something wrong. Oh, no, I'm implying he doesn't think that'd be an issue. No, I... Well, and but I agree... He's I, also a lupus. What, what is a newspaper? Right. I, I mean, yes, you're right. But it doesn't change the fact that it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, like, oddly enough, the only, the only survivors are the people affiliated with the Cairn. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. These eight kinfolk were the only survivor of the, this entire city. And the feds, the feds are going to have some questions, is my point. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's going to be fallout from this that you can't just walk away from. <laughs> I do like the idea of uh, cults as a villain, though. It, yeah, you know, it's something I hadn't done before either, so I was kind of excited well, to we do it. We got close. And then I saw the ending, I said, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. Rise of the Lunatics. I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's later, don't we? Yeah, I know, I know. That's why I only brought the title. So, you mentioned that you've used um, a mage as a villain before in your postmortems. Correct. I, yeah. So, and, and, you, and you mentioned that you don't have any of the mage books. So, how how did you build something like that up? Or do you just kind of wing that? Oh, like, do you just decide that the mage can make fireball cookies in the air and throw them at you? Like, um, I don't know... Uh, sewer can lids out of, say, a pizza truck. Well, I think the first thing you have to remember about mages is that they can do anything they want to, provided <laughs> that involves wearing a body armor and owning a gun. Right. That's a fun callback to our Discord. <laughs> Get on the Discord. Porter will tell you the story, I promise. He might tell you the story. If you're on Discord, he'll tell you the story. I have told the story a few times. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a joke. That's a callback. I, I wing that shit usually. I ran the guilty, which uh, is the story going through the postmortems right now. It's about to end. It ends next month. Yes, it does. But um, that was a heavy vampire thing, and because it was so heavily vampire, I did my homework. the The mages I use, I use so sparingly and so rarely that I just I do I just kind of wing it. I'll maybe do a little bit of like just basic research, and that's a maybe because it's time permitting. Because it's not mage. This is werewolf. And right. you're going to run into five of them ever, and that's it. And you're not going to be buddies with them. It's more of what do the Garu know about mage. Yes. And that's what's important, because it's not a mage game. Right. Perception is a big thing. There's um, a storyteller companion. It comes with uh, the revised screen. Okay. Which is my least favorite screen. Hmm. Bummer. I just I didn't like I didn't like the screen. But... <laughs> It came with this little, I think, like, 50-page storyteller's guide. Okay. I brought it up here and there, because I think it's fucking brilliant. You know, it was, um, it included the write-up on the Stargazers, which was left out of uh, Werewolf 3. Um, it carried a couple minor, minor other Farrah shit. But then it, it had this section on Mage, on Wraith, on Vampire, on Changeling, and on Hun Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you have to choke on that or something? Like you yeah. sound like you had a hard time saying that. Yeah, I have a hard time taking it seriously. <laughs> I've, I've played three games of Hunter, and I maintain that I have never gone bowling and wanted to be the pens. 
That kind of sums up Hunter in my mind. Yeah, it's not the first time you said it either. Ah, uh, well, and it won't be the last. <laughs> pretty apt. Um, <laughs> but the, the point is, is what it, it talked about Hunter and you know all these different games in the perspective of the Garnation, and then there were these little boxes, you know, little three or four page sections, and it, it was what you know what the vampires know about Gar, or what the Gar know about vampires, or mages, or wraith, you know, whatever the section was. And I thought that was brilliant because but that is brilliant. We know our shit. Theoretically, uh-huh. like like you know you know Forsaken is a thing, and you know Apocalypse is a thing. I mean, those two don't mix, but you have that knowledge. Your play, your characters don't have that knowledge, right? You, the players in Apocalypse don't know what's going on in Forsaken because it's not how, that time. Right? How could they? They works the same way, you know, because you have the knowledge of werewolf and vampire doesn't mean that all the vampires know what you know about werewolf and vice versa. That's insane. So to have that reminder of the misinformation in the I don't know what's really going on behind this, I thought was brilliant. Oh, I enjoyed it. You know, because we take for granted, right, that, you know, well, the guy can go in and out of the Umbra and they can peer into the Umbra so they can, you know, go through the Umbra strategically, find somewhere to find their target to come into the realm and get the business done. But to vampires, to Draculas... They just disappear. Right, they just fucking vanished and appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> and that is fucking terrifying. Yeah, I think there's only like but a handful of Draculas that understand uh, werewolves. One of them is Decker because he hunts them. So he took the time to even learn what their tribes were called because fuck you guys, I want you dead anyway. And I think the other one is Tally, who was a Black Spiral kinfolk turned into a vampire and dedicated his life to killing them for a minute. And I think that's it. I think the rest of them they just yeah, they're just beasts. I mean, you just gave me a hundred percent more. Dracula information that I had 20 minutes ago, so. Look at that. Look at that. I, I saved you 20 bucks. No, <laughs> I, some, some of those books are pretty weighty, actually. Thanks. Maybe I'll buy lunch. Idea, though. Yeah. What if I introduce a Forsaken tribe into uh, Werewolf and throw it at my players? Because it is Viking Age. And so, maybe they come across uh, fucking Bone Shadows in the woods during creepy Bone Shadow things, and they're not going to know what Bone Shadows are, not from the perspective of Werewolf, so I can describe them you know, having random uh, fucking weird bone fetishes and doing strange ass things. Well, that's the thing. Talking you, to birds. I, I don't normally. I wouldn't normally endorse this because it's forsaken and gross. But <laughs> I'm not a replacement family. No. <laughs> How about my real dad? Not this fucking replacement dad. Forsaken bullshit. But <laughs> I wouldn't endorse it. But you know, there's something there. You could do that. You know, like um, I, I will use the word cult. You know, that maybe they're trying to become a new tribe. I mean, until that happens, you're a fucking cult. <laughs> or just like a big pack. I don't care. You're a sept, maybe. Maybe. But you're not a tribe until. So you could definitely get away with that. That's some fun shit to play with. And you don't have I to I use the to. terminology from Forsaken if you don't want to. You, you should well, No, because they have that translation guide. So they translate some of the first edition, like, variants of the tribes directly into Apocalypse. Like, the Bone Shadows totem is Raven. Which fits in with Viking Age anyway, because wolves and ravens and all that fun stuff. Okay, well, I mean, that's interesting, but like... I mean, like, crap, that is interesting, <laughs> and I'm mad that I had to say that out loud. But it's it's more of, you're taking that as, um... Fuck, what's the word? Rutabaga. No. Adoption. Stop, stop saying that, you son of a bitch. Turnips. Keesh. They're like rutabagas. Motivation, not motivation. Fuck, what's the word I'm looking for here? This is a very is big... Is it Savage Kai? We do, it's called Visual Inspirato. <laughs> It's more of <laughs> sorry. It's more of what you're trying to get and use for inspiration. I know there was a long gap there, 
That's that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Inspirado, yes. Yes. Well and quickly so, put. Thank you. So <laughs> quickly. So rolling yeah. off of that though, because we are talking villains. Yes. Would you run them as villains? Are they opposed to guys' will because they're doing their own thing? Well, here's here's the thing about that. Um, not necessarily, but ultimately yes. And whether they really were the villains or not is kind of immaterial because again, the game is World of the Apocalypse, and I know you know that already. But mm. because of that, the Garu are your antagonists. The Garu Nation are your intag- or your protagonists, excuse me. So, like, if you were to run a game with, like, uh, and we'll move away from your Forsaken thing for a second, with, uh, like, the Gurhal and the Kitsune and the, and the Bastet, and they've all become best friends and are running a coalition, and they're still the bad guys. They're still the antagonists, regardless of where, where they come from, True. because this is Werewolf, not Zoo Force. So are, are you saying Blacktooth was right and the Ahadi were wrong? No, because Blacktooth was also a Simba. <laughs> so, so they're all wrong. If, if it were Gogol, then yes, that would be what I was saying. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the protagonist isn't always the good guy. You know, mm-hmm. so because we have the tribes in this Forsaken thing is not one of the tribes, even if they're ultimately right or their goals are ultimately altruistic, they're the antagonist. Hmm. Yeah. Just because it's an antagonist doesn't make him the quote unquote bad guy. Right. I mean, it does for the eyes of your protagonist. Uh, right. But, but you thing. can be wrong. <laughs> exactly. But, but then you run that like a cult, right? So then they're, they're stepped alpha or whatever it happens to be is. Well, it's got to be charismatic as a character. Certainly. Possibly. Sure. Or, like Blacktooth, shitty and violent enough. Also true. I guess it depends on what you're trying to do. Right? This I mean, goes with the whole thing. I think this has been introduced in several of the werewolf books as well. Making your own tribe or your own camps. And, and intertribal politics, as I say, is something that is never explored enough. It's true. Any of it can be used for inspiration. Look, I get to say it again. There you go. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing saying, hey, you can't do that. And, I mean, I would encourage what you're doing more than I would a Zoo Force game. Because I think what you're, what you're talking about is more likely and more respectful to the lore. Well, yeah. Jeez, uh, I, I wouldn't do a game where one of the players gets to be a skin dancer and tag along with the rest of the Fenrir, and the Fenrir are not going to take him behind a tree and beat him to death. Oh, whose game is that? Actually, don't tell me. You tell me off air. <laughs> I, I don't even. <laughs> that's, that, that's not a real example. Okay, I was gonna say I want to know who's responsible for that, but I don't want to throw him under the bus. So you tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> Who aren't I talking to today? <laughs> All right. No, no, no. Um, well, I'm I'm curious then because, and I don't want to bring up too much because it is the postmortems, but like you know, reoccurring antagonists. We're always going to be there. I can do one without talking about the postmortem stuff. Okay, please. All right. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I think that's something I definitely wanted to talk about is those recurring intentions. The reoccurring, he's going to be there. Yep. Yeah, and he might just escape one last time every single time. Until it's, quote, time. Time, right. I had a, a recurring antagonist, this is Black Spiral, who was originally an Octina in the very first werewolf group I played in. Okay. He uh, retired his character, the storyteller turned him into a spiral. Interesting. And because was, he, he was wa- he a bane tender? No, because we weren't that sophisticated yet. 
Mm. Well, yeah, he did say it's his, it was his first one. So. Yeah, this was we were 13, and I wasn't storytelling, and man, I could tell about my first game, but that's not right now. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun, embarrassing story later. So he was an Actina, and turned into a Spiral, because, you know, the guy wanted to play a Bastet, which begins my relationship with the Bastet, but not the story. <laughs> So when I took over storytelling, I kept the idea of that being someone that the pack knew that fell to the worm, because that makes a good antagonist. There's a personal connection there already. And over the years, and over the different versions, of course, that character grew and evolved, and as I, you know, I got better at writing, I wrote it more in-depth, and this became uh, Kane, uh, Kane Gaiafo was the character's original name, and largely we just stuck with Kane after that, you know, gave him... Uh, <laughs> This, this tells you the era in the age. Okay. He had a fetish chainsaw, <laughs> but the but, but he had a silver chain on it. Of course he did. Which was the fetished part. Right. Because otherwise that doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so, I, I get the era, yeah. Yeah, so look. I don't fit, see the problem. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, we'll take it. And, you know, Kane was the enemy for the longest time, and his, and his Kane grew. You know, is, is again, you write them as they're the hero of their story. What is his motivation? You don't write that char- characters like that from the perspective of your pl- of your pack. You write them from their own perspective. They're on their own fucking journey. Kane's job wasn't to show up, say, oogity boogity, scare the players, hurt somebody, and leave. He has shit to do today. And sometimes the shit he has to do today and the shit your players have to do today conflict. Yeah. That's how you write it. But see, then, then it becomes personal. Because part of how this character ran as I was running him is he had a pack, but, but Kane was batshit crazy. See, so when you joined his pack, he cut your head off, removed the flesh, and placed the treated skull in a duffel bag, which he carried with him at all times. That was the pack. That was his pack. And he the would skulls. talk with them. He would communicate with them and treat them like they were real and real people, and, but that was his pack. Is a collection of skulls. Where were they veins? No, they were just they were just other spirals. They were just skulls of yeah. That's how you veins or <laughs> skulls of spirals. Yeah, that's that's his pack. You join his pack. That's what happens to you. Not that those people knew it, <laughs> because he was batshit crazy. But he treated them like they were real. So you, I, I, I crafted this Achilles heel to this character that is just aggressively more powerful than the rest of the group. Is hey, you can hold that duffel bag hostage. Because, that was his Achilles heel. Yeah, because he tr- they're real to him. If you break one of those skulls, you killed his Pac-Man. Oh. And that's what happened, which made it become personal. Mm-hmm. So then you had the arc where Kane is now hunting them because they killed two members of his pack mm. by the glass walker of the pack using trip shot to, to cut the, uh, the strap around the backpack, leading the backpack to fall. So now they have the backpack and well, they hold well, it hostage. No, well, no, they, you know, two of the skulls got crushed. Oh. So you killed two of members of my pack, and now I'm out to get blood. Okay, I thought you were talking afterward, but no, still. You know, recurring. So yeah. this is how, mm-hmm. this is how you get out of that situation, the no-win situation. But I mean, that's how that was written. Is, you know, you, you think about that motivation, the, the psychosis, you know, and then when it gets personal, things get worse because now he, a spiral of, uh, certain rank uh-huh. leads an attack on their home care. Oh shit. And then takes it. That sucks. Which leads up to the final confrontation where they finally kill him uh-huh. and they actually got the Cairn back. Oh that's good. Because Kane didn't want to occupy it. He didn't want to convert it. 
He was just there. He just wanted to take something away from the players who murdered his pack. Right. No, I saw where you're going with it. Oh, that's cool. And, and how many stories did it take to get up to that point? Um, I think the full thing was uh, two or three chronicles. Jesus. Because it wasn't a Two or three focus. chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking, at that era, maybe 60-some stories. But again, not all dedicated to him. We're not only focusing on him. Right, but so he would show up every few stories kind of thing. Every now and then. You know, maybe... Well, well how early did he appear? I, I don't know at this point. It's been so long. And I've used him in most versions. In fact, he exists in their current version, only he's not a black spiral. I know exactly. Kane swipes at moonlight. Kane swipes at moonlight. I hate that guy. Him and I have... Uh, <laughs> well, him, him and I have... History. He's not a spiral. He's just he's, not all there. He's, he's not a spiral. He's just a dick. <laughs> That's fair. You know, when I made my villain for my, my vampire game, because I, I did more of a progressive thread with that, um, I, I did specifically La Sombra for it, just because it worked out. One of the players was uh, a Ventru, and his sire became Prince of the City, and they were coming in with the intent to take over, but holding an olive branch. But because that player's sire was specifically the prince, he became kind of like a linchpin to deal with the prince. Like, this might be their way in to deal with him. And so they were subtly fucking with, like, his assets, like, trying to buy his nightclubs out from under him. Or maybe send a group of gangbangers to go and try to kill him in the night. You know, things like that. But they never really saw him. Or maybe they saw him, like, at a, a press conference or talking to some people here or there. But there was always, like, 50 or 60 people around, so they couldn't do anything about it. My corporation's going to beat up your corporation. How very vampire. That's, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Half of what you said at the beginning made no damn sense. You insulted me at a party, so now you can't breathe poor people air. Vampire yeah, masquerade, like You everybody. exist, and I need you to not exist so that I can make this other thing not exist. So we're going to fuck with your livelihood. But, but to do that by hiring people to hire people to call you a bad name at a party... Sounds <laughs> great. I mean, I don't know about reasonable because I have no idea what's reasonable in that or not. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> that's the current is going to be over there twitching a little bit. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I, I think the worthy part here is you know, you, you do you always have to consider the motivation of, of your antagonists, especially your recurring antagonists. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a good antagonist, again, like we said in the very beginning, is the hero of his story. His own story. Yeah, he's not doing what he's doing because he thinks he's the bad guy. No, he's mm-hmm. he's doing it to save you know the world or, or whoever. Right to him, he's the hero. The Joker is just trying to have a good time. Batman's just a fucking buzzkill. <laughs> right? Yes. No, he's just that, a guy who I wants to stop the party. That one, yeah. So you have to keep that in mind, and again, you have to keep their motivations in mind, who they are, because again, like I said. The purpose of a, of a good recurring antagonist isn't to show up every now and then to make scary faces. They can do that, but that's not their purpose. Right. If, if they're doing that, it's because something has brought those two forces together, be it circumstance or a job or a vendetta. But like Sam Hyatt has shit to do with his day, man. Uh-huh. He's not just waiting for a storyteller to, you know... <laughs> Are you sure he doesn't just sit around and wait? The, dude, the dude's got to go grocery shopping just like you do, okay? And, and you know what? Maybe that story is you run into him in the fucking the, the steaks over at the butcher shop, you know? Maybe that's the story. But 
you know what? Once we get out of this building, <laughs> then it's on. <laughs> well, you gotta think it's work. Oh my god, is that Sam Hyatt? Did he see you? Oh, was that him? No, that can't be him. He wouldn't come in here. Right, what's he shopping for? <laughs> hey, where's a ragamash? Go blur and follow him. What's he buying? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I think that's almost a better story than the idea of Sam's just waiting, following you guys around, waiting for, you know, his turn to jump out and say boo. Yep. No, I see it. And I'm so happy you brought that one up. (laughs) The Joker might be sitting around waiting to fuck with Batman, but the Joker has a special relationship with Batman. Yes. The Riddler wants to rob a fucking bank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, and and then Batman is just getting in his way to do it, right? Exactly. I see where you're going. You know, the difference is all the difference. And you go, well, Porter, the Joker's one of the greatest. Yeah, great, but it's also a special case. True. Let's not try to recreate magic. Let's just write something real and, and make it good and make your players want to come back for more. See, I like that idea. Because if you, if you have that mundanity to it, it makes it more real. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like the end 100%. of my last session, um, you know, I, I did the totem quest for the players, right? And, and then after that was done, you know, we still had some time left for game time. And they decided to carry on with their everyday lives. So one of them went to go work his blacksmith forge because... I guess the Sep needed nails. And the other two went off to go hunting rabbits. And uh, they were good on them because they're both lupus, so they gave the other one shit for being a filthy ape and needing to work a job. That's all. That's good. That's good. That's that's the sandbox time. That makes your... That makes that home that much more real. That brings me back to our fourth fucking episode, I think. Fourth? Wow. It it was the what the the fuck do you do all day? The mundane. Okay. You know, character development in the mundane, I think it was called. Uh, I think it was over five. Well, fine. But my point is, is it's one of those ones that I that I want to come back and revisit at some point. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying there is spot the fuck on. Because that shit that has to get done during the day that so many groups just sweep under the rug. Like skip. it's not important. Yeah, skip it's not important. Well, you need everyday sept and care in life to, to have some sort of gravity. Because that would exactly. eventually have... Because they, they killed a vampire in their first session that was like feeding on people. And that's going to come back. Like, well, they're they going to give a fuck, especially since their sept is a in a rank one cairn, so there's a total of ten garu, including them. Ooh. That will come back. And yeah. so I want it to matter to them. So I'm, I'm letting them have their, you know, yeah, you, you make nails for the, the sept, and you make hammers for the sept so they can nail their trees together and have their boats. And you guys go out, and you do your hunting, and you know your bond, and you know your lands, and then when you have your 30 days of night, because it's fucking winter in, in northern Lapland, uh, here you go. Now this matters a lot more. I forgot for a second ever that your game was a period piece. So when you said make nails, I'm like, these guys are too fucking important to go to uh, Home Depot. <laughs> I forgot for a second. I'm like, what a bunch of hipster asshole there. I don't know. I remember because it was due to the Viking Age one. I just, it slipped my mind. Oh, it's but, super smart, though, because you said the 30 days of night's coming. No, which is awesome. And I mean, again, that's also a compliment, inadvertently. Mm-hmm. That, you know, what you are writing is so relatable that it didn't have to be a period piece. Well, no, and that's that's the other thing about Guru Life, is Guru Life is so, like, they do their own thing, regardless of what's going on in the rest of the world. So you could almost put that just about anywhere, and I don't think it would change too much as long as the Sept and Bond is independent. Because how many many Septs have, like, electricity running? How many of them are just, you know, random cabins and huts built up in the woods? How many of them even have houses? How many of them are just uh, places in the middle of nowhere? Well, I take your point, and 
I mean, there's no single answer because it all differs by case. <laughs> I was just look. I just give you a compliment. I'm just saying. I think it was great. You know, that all but Bonar the, and Glasswalkers. That your stuff was the, the what you wrote for that totem quest because you know we talked about it. It was just so relatable that I forgot that it was a period game while you were talking about making nails. <laughs> just send the kinfolk out. What are you? Oh, right. That's right. They don't. No, oh, yeah, he, it's a period game. Shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. They have he, to he make nails. He works the forge because it's something he does with his brother who's a menace and isn't trusted to do anything else because he's a menace. Again, he, bringing that He's also a ragabat, so he thinks it's fun to tear off rabbits' heads and put the bodies in people's beds because, you know, <laughs> fuck them. They treat them like shit. Okay, well, I mean, you got purpose on why he's doing that. But but again, just then, that that all could work modern day. I think that's great. We can move on. I didn't want to make a meal out of it. I was just saying I was. I thought it was funny that I forgot. And I'm sitting here thinking about this hipster fucking werewolf <laughs> who's too important to just go buy nails for $5. <laughs> the point is it was a smart move. It brings the cairn more to life. Yeah, but, oh, is it? I'm getting the signal here from Mr. Tyson, so it looks like we are about... It's pretty close. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're about out of time. So, what do you say, Lyric? Uh, any uh, final thoughts on the antagonist? I think the thing for for people to remember is less is more. Uh, I, you know, we always reference movies like Alien and Jaws, but there is a reason that those are super good. And making everything just that much normal and and every day, it makes the payoff in the end. I, I think that much bigger. Like there, there's a scale to it. I agree on yeah, that. Yeah, I good. think that's about it. I can agree with that. And uh, I'll say again, I'm going to double, triple down on the understanding who that enemy is, making him as real as possible as a person, and, and understanding that motivation. And that motivation should only be destroy the player characters if that has been earned in-game. Fuck you, Vermillion. Great. <laughs> but, you know, again... I know you can't say anything. Well, no. I, Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. He should be in charge because he's the smartest, because he's rich, because he has the resources. Also, now here's Superman, and I have to protect Earth from this alien. Right. No, I know what well, you're saying. Using my, my spirals in the cabin example, they're not setting out to destroy the pack's lives. They're, their whole thing is, this is our territory, and we're going to keep it for ourselves, and the pack just happened to blunder into it. Well, and that's, yeah, that's another great example. Thank you. Because, again, it's, it's not all about the players. Right, it's, it's about the antagonists, who are yeah. their own antagonists to, to them. They're the protagonists. Yeah, they are the protagonists. They are the heroes, the main characters of their lives. And here comes these fucking idiots in their territory. Yep, just get out of my way. Yeah, make sure you're flipping those tables. How much better is it while they're on, like, the cutting table and the spiral's just kind of, like, cutting off a finger to eat it? And just, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Why are you even here? Bad day for you, right? Right? (laughs) Fingers don't taste How could you be doing doing this to us? You you broke into my house and smashed up my living room. You killed my daughter. We we were just fucking living our lives, man. Oh, it's like that film. Uh, oh god, was it was it Don't Breathe? The the one where the the, the people are criminals and they break into this blind man's house. Yes. And it's actually like a serial killer. I yeah. haven't seen it, but you just you forgot to say spoiler alert. No, that's the basic premise. He didn't give the spoiler shit away. <laughs> No, no, that was the trailer, is they yeah, break into this the house because they're looking for money, and this dude is just a fucking monster. Oh. But they didn't know. It's like, a, yeah. it's like oops, this is Daredevil's house. Oh. Only Daredevil's a murder man. Gotcha. Sweet. <laughs> it's a pretty brutal film, actually. It's a, I yeah, recommend it as a good horror film. <laughs> and, and a really good progressive villain, because they are fucked the entire time they're in that house. Yep. And so again. Perfect motivation, then. And again. Or inspiration, yeah. sorry. Who's the villain? To him, mm-hmm. these people just broke in his house. To them, who's this crazy guy that's killing us off? Well, you're broken. Oh, you broke his house, asshole. 
But, you know, the villain is, it's about perspective. Right. So that's the thing, you know, your motivation, your perspective, making that character real. It's not all about the players. The enemies have their lives, too. Very cool. But so that will do us for today. That's the bad guy arc. TC Lyrickson, good to have you back with us. I'll, I'll hope to be back sometime in the future. We hope so, too. I mean, sure we're, we're going to say, we're going to say, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll be hearing back from you soon and hope that it's not a few more months. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're trying. We'll, we'll make it sooner than a few months. We're, we're going to try. <laughs> but yeah, thank, thanks so much again. You know, it's always a blast having you on. We always, oh, thank have you a, guys. always have a good time riffing with you. And uh, in the meantime, though, on behalf of those of us here at Scratch Wolf Studio, myself, Mr. Daniel Tyson, and Tom, wherever he is at the moment, he's got a Carmen San Diego thing going on right now, uh, we want to say thanks so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Keep your claws sharp, your head in a swivel. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye.